It's Weave Wednesday, folks. We are back with another edition of the Field of 68's Best Bets show presented, of course, by Bet Rivers. We're back. We're ready to talk more hoops. Last night was so great. I'm almost like, they can't live up to last night, Kai. Even if we get some good games tonight, there were some big-time marquee games, some games that came down to the wire, an overtime game with Texas and Oklahoma. What kind of takeaways do you have from last night, Kai? Well, yeah, the Providence-Villanova game was, was awesome. Uh, the atmosphere looked ridiculous. I really want to go to the dunk now. Uh, basically sold me on it. Uh, and it was back and forth. It was a high-scoring affair. Fantastic game all around. Uh, the better team won, Matt, but I, I was impressed by Providence. They gave it a, a very good effort last night. Um, I want to talk about Indiana, but I feel like people are tired of me bragging on Indiana as, as a homer. So, um, but yeah, th- there has never been in the history of college basketball a more one-sided domination in an intra-conference rivalry than Wisconsin and Indiana. And last night was just another microcosm of how frustrating that is from the IU side of the coin, but how um, evilly enjoyable that must be, Jim, from the Buzzcut Badger side of the aisle. So congratulations. Um, You're welcome for choking that one away. And Indiana's tournament outlook continues to get dicier by the day. Their down the stretch schedule is insane. Their it next is five brutal. games, there's like, no gimmies. Easily lose their next five games, and it would mm-hmm. like they might be underdogs in all of them. It, it, it's nuts. Uh, but yeah, Matt, I I couldn't help but chuck a little bit. Indiana's now blown two games against Wisconsin that they absolutely should have won this year. So that's that's rough. Uh, my tip of the cap is just specifically in those games to Colin Gillespie, to Johnny Davis. Both of them had all American caliber performances last night. Davis reiterating his wooden award his Naismith Award mm-hmm. candidacy. What, what, what a performance. He, he's a monster down the stretch. All right, let's get into tonight's slate, guys. We're starting in the Big 12. It's not Texas, Oklahoma, but it's another big one out there. This is Baylor at Texas Tech. Matt, I'm just going to go to you first. We had a, a uh, heated, let's call it heated, pre-show discussion. No, it was congenial. About, it, oh, it, I, it was it was, it was civil. It was for civil. yourself. I was heated as heck and hot under the collar. Uh, Baylor on the road, they're a short road favorite at Texas Tech. Matt, what are you seeing in this one? Uh, I'm trying to keep this simple, Jim. It's I got Baylor. It's my best bet of the day. I think that Baylor's the better team. I know there's injury concerns, and the rotation has basically been whittled down to seven dudes now. But you're playing Texas Tech, who's going to play a slow possession game. They're not exactly super deep either, and they have their own injury concerns. Kevin McCullough is going to be a game-time decision. We don't know how effective he'll be uh, running the show. And they've won, they being the Bears guy, have won in Lubbock the last two seasons. We talk about how we like backing Baylor, at least I do, anecdotally as uh, a road team in conference because it's an older team and it's a battle-tested, all those stupid cliches. But they actually apply. Baylor is a team of adults. I think at this one, um, dominated Texas over the weekend. I think they keep it rolling. And again, no JTT, Jonathan Chacha, as we've always called him, just means more of my guy, Matthew Meyer. And I'm very okay with that. And I think better gets it done. That simple. Plus two, lock it in. Yeah. So I, <clears throat> I looked at a uh, hoop explorer for JTT's on off. So w- they are better with them on the, floor. Uh, but they're also super good with them off the floor, right? They still have a 25.6 net rating without them on the floor. So still very good, but they are worse. And I feel like it kind of matters if the Texas tech team who's very physical, whose identity is, physicality, pounding the glass, uh, attacking the rim, the no middle, no middle defense pack line. I think he's kind of a big deal for Baylor. I, I don't know how they're going to respond without him for a full game. Obviously, the Texas win was impressive. Uh, LJ Cryer still probably out two and three against the spread without Cryer. 
Um, they, they did cover against Texas, but again, this is a better team than Texas. Texas Tech is impressive. They won at Waco in the first game. Maybe there's a revenge factor here, but I don't know. I, I don't feel great about this one for Baylor. Tech is such a tough team at home. I, I'm kind of scared to fade them in Lubbock. Yeah, the, the revenge thing is the only thing really keeping me off Texas Tech, to be honest. Uh, they're 12-3 and three against the spread at home to underscore what both these guys have said, covering by an average of six per game. Like They, they have been a wagon at home so far this year. And Matt, you mentioned this being like a team of adults for Baylor. Two of their best five players are freshmen. This is a far less adult Baylor team than we have seen in the past. Um, And and I think Cryer's shooting, Kai, you mentioned it. it, It's especially important against maybe the best paint defense in the entire country. You do not score inside against Texas Tech. You need to loosen them up with jumpers. Cryer's a 48% three-point shooter. You'd certainly like to have him on the court. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm leaning towards Texas Tech, not betting it though, just because of that revenge factor. No, Matt, no more rebuttal. I was going to give you a little. No, so little, I'm I'm looking I'm looking at uh no I'm trying to I'm there's some people in the chat Jim coming at me for betting large underdogs too much. Uh, some feedback okay. I actually got from my my parents as well. They're tired of me betting crap teams as large under. So I'll have some data to refute that. We'll save that for a more apt time to present <laughs> in the program. So I apologize for my distractedness right now, but data trumps all. Yeah, I will say this This one felt, uh, just as I looked at it, it felt like my incorrect backing of Kentucky yesterday. The really short road dog, the team that we think is a little bit better, but they've got injury concerns in the backcourt, going to a really tough home floor. Tennessee wiped out Kentucky because Ty Ty wasn't, uh, clearly wasn't himself. And I'm just worried Texas Tech has the, the ability to do that. But I hope you get it, Matt. I hope the revenge factor plays up for you. Go Bears, go Weave Best Bets. Next game on the outline. Illinois at Rutgers. This is another big revenge angle spot because Illinois Kai absolutely cleaned their clock Mm -hmm. back in December, one by 35, just a total utter domination. Every aspect of the game there. Do you think home Rutgers at the rack gets it done here? I've got some stats on the rack, but I want to hear what what your take is. Yeah. And Rutgers is knocking on the door of the tournament guys, nine and five in the big 10. They're tied for fifth in the conference. Impressive. Uh, at the rack this season, Jim, I hopefully won't take too much of your thunder here, but they beat Michigan State, Ohio State, Iowa, Michigan, and Purdue all at home this year. No surprise. They're doing very well against the spread, even better in conference at home. They had a couple stinkers at the rack in non-com play, but Illinois is dangerous, Matt. They they might be the best Big Ten team. I'll also take Purdue. I might even take Wisconsin, but Illinois is dangerous. There is no answer for Kofi Coburn. He had 13 and 15 in the first game. Um, I, I'm not sure I, I, Amorier, I, I, I look up his pronunciation every single day and I still can't remember it in my it head. Varies. I think it's Amori. Amori. I think that's what I've heard most recently, but yeah. he stayed out of foul trouble in game one. Maybe he does again. That was impressive. That first game, Matt didn't have geo Baker. I he's, imp- he's important for Rutgers. Not sure he's 25 points important. So I think we cool. see a tight game. The only way I'm leaning towards Rutgers is because of the rack, but it feels short for an Illinois team. I think is very, very good. I mean, I think Baker playing well recently has been the catalyst for Rutgers, along with my guy, Paul McKay, who, by the way, is an awesome basketball player. And you guys need to put some respect on his name um, after laughing at me for endorsing him for like X factor of the year this season. Uh, just kind of to, to call it out right now, 31 points, 15 points, 12 points, 18 points. The last four games, just out 12 assists, six assists and, and five assists. The last three. He's key. So this Rutgers offense, which we thought was pretty future to start, has now looked balanced and actually potent and you combine that with the whole rack angle at first i thought the spread felt pretty short minus four but then i look closer at how Rutgers is playing what this team's done on paper i haven't watched them a ton the last few weeks to be honest 
uh, but I kind of buy into it. So I stayed away. I'm with Jim though. I felt like a little, this felt a little too low, um, but I stayed away. I trust the rack. I respect the rack. Yeah, this was a, I want to bet Rutgers, but ah, the line isn't quite where I'd want it to be. That was kind of the thing. Um, Kai, you mentioned the the dismal home performances for Rutgers in, non, in the non-con. It's a very like seismic split against non-power conference yeah. teams. They were one in five against the spread, had the outright loss to Lafayette. Just didn't know what <laughs> yeah. they were doing at home. They, they're bad as a large favorite, but against power conference teams, they're seven and one at home against the spread. They, they have been much, much better. Their only non-cover was the outright loss to Maryland. I think that was kind of fluky. So again, I, I wanted to bet Rutgers here, three and a half, four. I'd like just a little bit more of value. I thought maybe we'd get it since Trent Frazier actually looked healthy last game for Illinois, but uh, staying away with a, with a hard lean towards Rutgers here. All right, next on the outline, we continued the theme of rematches. That is definitely a big uh, theme throughout this show today. Mississippi State headed on the road to Alabama. The Bulldogs got it done at home in Starkville. Matthew, they annihilated Alabama on the glass, and they won despite shooting 12% from three-point range. That is pretty (laughs) pitiful. Um, I'm a little concerned this Alabama team is just tough to back because of how up and down, streaky they are. You're so reliant on shooting splits with them. I I don't know. I don't have enough confidence to back Alabama, even with the home revenge spot. Yeah, right. I'm not trying to back Alabama laying any more than five points right now. You just look at that, um, you know, the Arkansas game and you look at the, uh, what was it? The Houston game earlier where I think they were laying three and a half and only one by one, just because they don't seem to have the depth this year. They don't seem to have the high level shot making. They don't have like that. We can put you away and bury you with multiple flurries of runs. Um, I think they're going to be, as we've seen, they're going to have a propensity to let teams back in the game and they're going to have a, a, a tough time really extending the margin. So Kai, as much as I have um, been circling fading Mississippi state on the road this season. Um, and I do believe Bama is a little bit undervalued. I'm still a believer in this team at large. I did not back the crimson here. It's well, I think minus six is the consensus price across the board. Yeah. It's a little high. I, I, well, I think it's right. Really. Um, a key win against Arkansas that pulled them back to 500 in the sec Alabama. And clearly they're a tournament team. They have more to play for, I think, than Mississippi State right now, whose three straight losses have pretty much dried up their chances for the tournament. Um, That first game was ugly. 66 combined free throws in that game. Jim mentioned Mississippi State was two for 16 from three. Alabama was eight for 29. They didn't shoot the ball well either. They never do. That team can't shoot. Yeah. Maybe there's not a good shooting team. It's it's possible. Unfortunate. Turnovers were a huge issue, too, uh, at Mississippi State. Perhaps that improves at home, especially Quinterly, who had four turnovers, I think. Gun to my head, I probably lean towards Alabama, but six points is too much, I think, to lay right now with a team that I don't totally trust. Yeah, I'm the same way, Kai. If you, if you force me to bet this, I'd be on the tide, and I, I think they do actually hang on to a lead this time. Um, they were up 12, up 10-plus most of the second half against Arkansas and then gave up that very frustrating 16-3 to run to blow that cover. Could see something similar happening here where they're up 10 and they just let the back door open for a team that could dominate them on the glass. So not strong enough to take it here. Um, just a lean, slight lean towards the tide. All right, next one on the outline, we have Seton Hall headed to UConn, big one in the Big East. UConn trying to keep pace with the uh, the Villanovas and Providences of the world. They fell on the road in overtime at Seton Hall in the first matchup. Matt, do you buy that as, a, as an angle to come in on UConn here? What do you think? Um, looked at the spread a few times, came away kind of with the conclusion it's a little bit too high, but not going to take it because I do think that UConn is being 
not slept on, but I'm still a believer in this team and they've had some tough, uh, shaky performances lately. We, we've talked about how the whole Dan Hurley experience it has been um, volatile to say the least, both his combative nature with referees and his own fans at home. Oh, yeah, um, certainly don't, 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 don't love that dynamic, but Hey, the Hurleys are, uh, they're certainly um, emotional cats for sure. I would lean you caught on the spot and feel, but I think this, the price is not correct. Um, I, I think it should be a little bit lower just given how they played recently. Yeah. It's still hard to get a, a to peg Seton Hall without Aiken. They're three and four against the spread, but they hung around with Nova without him. I still think he's vital. He had 22 points in this first game against UConn, which Seton Hall did win in overtime. Um, clearly a revenge spot here, but I want to remind everyone again, UConn's big East wins, man. Marquette twice. That's good. St. John's twice, Butler twice, Georgetown, DePaul. They don't have many good wins in conference, like none. And in the non-con, okay, they beat Auburn. That's about it. UConn should be good. They have all the talent in the world. They have a dominant big, a feisty league guard and Cole, who I love. They're just uninspiring. They play dumb. They take bad shots. They make poor decisions. And I don't think Hurley is a great coach. Um, so I think there's there's value on Seton Hall right now. Plenty of size for Obiagu and Yetin inside to match up with Sonogo. Yeah, that's the key. I, against UConn, you've got to be able to somewhat defend Sonogo 1v1. Otherwise, they're going to start getting you in rotation, and that's when they can slash and, and start getting some of their open shots. Tyler Polly could potentially have a big game. UConn's only one in five against the spread in their last six, and the one cover was the one against Marquette that was really, really dicey, yep. uh, basically yep. a free throw kind of coin flip at the end of that game. So it, it's not a team I'm trusting enough to lay points with right now, especially over five. If, if you're laying five and a half, that, that feels particularly scary. Uh, hard stay away from me. Maybe an under game though. I think no, I was going to say under, right. No, yep. no, it can certainly helps the under last game was way high scoring 98, 87. It was track meet. Uh, I, I think under might have uh, some decent edge here. Yep. Agree. I like that angle. All right, let's go to our first section of chat mob. Kai has got them rounded up, hit the like button folks. We're going to do our best to answer your questions Do your best to hit the little thumbs up for us. <laughs> Great transition, Jim. We're starting with the tooch as we always should. Mercer is hosting East Tennessee State. They are minus three favorites. Now, I don't think Alvarez played last game. Last two games, he's been out. He is not. So he he was back, back. I believe. He was back. back. Now he's back out. Minus three, though, Matt. What do you think? Mercer, ETSU. Um, Torn. Price is about sharp. My my take on Mercer is that I think Alvarez is important, but against teams that aren't going to like pressure you excessively, they still run good offense. And they still get good shots. So I don't actually like discount a ton for no Alvarez in certain matchups. And I think East Tennessee state uh, is one of those. Um, I guess gut would tell me Mercer, but I think, you know, I think the price is about right. Jim. Yeah. Mer- Mercer can bomb a ton of three is not going to take advantage of ETSU's lack of interior lean towards Mercer, but not strong. All right. How about the Bonnies minus 11 and a half Jim feels a bit high against UMass here, but coming off two huge wins against slew could be a good spot. Yeah, UMass is the king of erratic variance outcomes because they don't play defense. They have a ton of offensive firepower. They play up and down, a lot of possessions. I'm curious if they can wear out St. Bonaventure a little bit. Their third game in, in five or six days, I think. They've had the two slew games already. Uh, I would lean towards the dog, but, man, I do not trust Matt McCall whatsoever. So I, I can't put my hard-earned dollars on the, the Minutemen today. Yeah, a lot of money coming on the under. So people think that the Bonnies control that that pace at home. And I think they're right. But man, UMass does not guard anything. So yeah. I'm a little worried about that. It feels a little low, honestly. 144 uh, and a half. Matthew, your ponies, the SMU ponies from Ryan in here. Temple is hosting them and they are five point dogs at home. 
I don't know about the injuries. I don't know about Dunn or Williams. Do you? Do you have any lean here? Uh, it sounds like Dunn tried to practice but was feeling sore. Uh, Jeremiah Williams, I don't believe, has practiced. Like, I could be a day dated on that information. So, chat mob, please uh, That's, help that us out. That was what I saw most recently as well. Basically, game time decisions. And I don't know how you can touch this game without some sort of insight intel. They're both critical. Don't love the spot for, for SMU. I just think some of these American travels are kind of odd where you're going from like Northeast to Southeast to, to Texas. I, I worry about our ponies as dominant as they were last game um, in a pretty juicy spot, uh, I guess, to fade them. They look pretty good. So they might just be all the way legit now after the Houston one. Yeah, maybe a little bit of a look ahead to Memphis. They already Memphis, Memphis coming once, up too on but, deck. Yeah, uh, that's a big one in Dallas this weekend. So, yeah, I I would lean towards SMU if if Williams and Dunn are both out. Then I think SMU has value. Jim, your local squad, the UNLV Run Rebels, are running to Fresno State, and they're six point dogs. Too short, too big. Eh, maybe a little too short. Um, I, I or excuse me, too big. Uh, UNLV has been really, really feisty lately. Hamilton is tough to stop for basically anybody is averaging like 25 a game in league play. And Fresno's not like a, Oh man, they blow you out. They're going to put a huge run on you. They're just really solid, really like meticulous. They're, they're strong defensively. So getting six, I would lean towards the rebels. Full, full transparency, Kai. That was my best bet. And I made a last second switch through to Baylor. So this is my uh, best bet 1B. Not an official best bet for the show, but for those who are not enthused by my Baylor pick, feel free to ride with me on the running reps. I think plus six is a great wager here. Interesting. I'm not sure I agree, but that's okay. Grand Canyon minus three at Calbat, Matt. Any side there? Grand Canyon coming off a loss to Dixie State. Yeah, Dixie State continues to confound me. Just team has been way better than I thought. I just need to probably reassess my priors there. Uh, Calbat is still down Reed Nottage, I think. And while they've gotten healthier with Taryn getting back in the mix, it's not a D team when fully healthy uh, and rested. I love the Lopes. So we just haven't, I'm sorry, not the Lopes. Uh, what's their mascot? Let's come back. The Lancers. The Lancers. Thank you. I, I love that team at full strength, but without Nottage, I don't fully trust them quite yet, Jim. Kai, I can't believe you didn't kick this to me. I saw these two teams play like a week and a half ago. Yeah, I guess Canyon. I should have. This is the game. Oh yeah. Jim's got it. Jim. You're right. It was ugly the, as the, cr- yeah. the student section critique is still sitting over on my, by my TV over there. Um, this is a big rivalry. These teams hate each other. They view each other as like big brother, little brother. Um, I, I think Cal Baptist gets him back in this one, but not that strongly. Okay. I'm now employing a quick hitter uh, rule guys. Can't have two opinions in every game. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm running tight ship. Noah asks about, um, am I reading my handwriting wrong? American. Hmm. Let me skip that one. Cause I can't read my writing. Harry Florida gold coast, Kennesaw state gym, any side in that game? Uh, not really. Um, I, I, I trust Kennesaw a little more, which is crazy. Uh, they, they actually have talent to compete with Florida Gulf Coast. And Michael Fly is one of my lower end coaches in the country for FGCU. So a little bit of a lean towards Kennesaw. Matt, I think it was American. They're playing Navy plus nine and a half at home against Navy. I know it's an extra game, but you can help us out. Uh, I can feels high. I know American's been sort of a, a dumpster fire and, and we love backing the midshipmen. But um, I guess I'll, I guess I'll take American with the points. Uh, another one from Harry here: Winthrop Gardner Webb. And gosh, you know we talked about this on a previous podcast of ours. Three and a half points was not the line I was expecting. Yeah. Kim Palm's got it at six, and if you would have given me six, it would have been a home run Winthrop play. Hey, odds makers, you did a good thing. You opened it lower, uh, so I got no side in that one. 
it's being yeah, totals being bet up, which is surprising to me given the way Gardner Webb's been yeah. lately. The last game went over, unders. but before that had been under, under, under. Very under heavy indeed. Um, let's do two more and let's go back to the rundown here. Jim, Vermont, New Hampshire. Does Vermont bounce back after their first loss in conference play? Eight I, points. I think- I think they win, but I'm not ready to lay it without Ryan Davis. He's dealing with the back spasm still. I think he's really, really important for forcing defenses to collapse and getting all the open threes that they had been knocking down previously. Um, so a, a, a lean towards Vermont just because I don't think New Hampshire wins, but eight's a lot. Yeah. And last one, Matt, before we go back to the rundown here, the Paris. I have a small opinion on this one if you don't. Uh, Utah Valley is at Tarleton State. Well, Plus I two and a half. I have an opinion. State. Okay. I think it's too high. Uh, I like Tarleton at home. They've uh, they've really not played well. If you look at their last not really I don't know, seven or eight games, like their only three wins were against like injured, bod- or downtrodden teams in the whack. But I like this spot here at home. Um, you have plenty of time to rest. Team that I think needs rest with how short that bench is. I worry about IMAC having like forty and twenty inside, but I still think the fighting Billy Clyde's get it done. Uh, yeah, I lean their way too. The size factor worries me. It's a huge discrepancy. Uh, all right, Jim, let's get back to the rundown here. I got a bunch of other ones holstered for later. Fantastic. I, I saw somebody, I think maybe it was Pat, that said his his lock of the day, which are now nine and three, is Purdue on the road at Northwestern. He's not overthinking it. Into first, that. One, first one was a blowout, and man, like it was the most repeatable blowout if you look at the box score. They won in two-point percentage. They won in three-point percentage. They won in turnovers. They won in free throws. They won in rebounding. Like Purdue just thoroughly dominated them, and Matt, Jaden Ivey didn't play. So does that just mean like more of the same for a Purdue team that was kind of sleepwalking last game? Yeah. And I watched that game pretty closely. Boo Booey caught fire late in the second half was the only reason the game was actually moderately competitive. Um, obviously at home with, with the home crowd, as I put in quotations behind them, you, you can certainly see Boo Booey doing a similar catch fire type of superhero impersonation. This feels a lot like the Illinois Rutgers game we talked about earlier, where how much do you respect home court? I kind of lean both road favorites. I think they're categorically better than the home team in both cases. In the Rutgers case, I trust a home court. I'm not going to fade Rutgers. I think you should fade Northwestern here at home. I think the, the boys are a good wager. All right, here's Northwestern at home. Last several games. Beat Indiana. Indiana. Shorthanded. Yeah. <laughs> Beat Rutgers. We're killing them. Lost by three to Illinois. Major comeback. Lost by six to Wisconsin. Nice fight. Lost in double overtime to Maryland. Lost by four to Penn State after blowing a 10-point lead. Lost by six to Michigan State after a 13-point lead. I say don't sleep on Northwestern at home. I, I know their home court advantage crowd-wise is not always strong because there is so much Big Ten uh, influence in Chicago, but they've been feisty. They can't really finish games, Jim, but they've been yeah. feisty and able to cover. Purdue just might be a tough matchup. Game one was a 20-point win without Ivy. 60 possessions. I mean, they couldn't be stopped. Stefanovich went supernova. No real true matchup for Edie or Williams, though they do have some bodies to throw at them. I think there's a little bit of value here uh, on Northwestern, but Can I counter? Not, not much. Yeah, Can I of counter? Of course. Wisconsin, they were up big. Late kind of BS comeback. That game was larger than we thought. Illinois, no. no I was there. No, they weren't up big. They, Unless was, they got up they big. They were in it. They were in it the whole time. It was competitive. Okay. They uh, controlled, Illinois, but they, they fought. Yeah. Okay, fine. Illinois, no Kofi. Rutgers away from the rack, we know has been a different team. Yeah, especially at that point in the season. Indiana with the the smoke weed gate, no players. Eh, okay, fine. I see what you're saying, but I still am team fade Northwestern at home. Yeah, uh, Illinois had Kofi. I thought he was out that game. Last game. Oh, you silly gooses. <laughs> Get it straight. 
Uh, oh, he did yeah. play that game. God, Matt, okay. get your data right. But Illinois was up by 20. That was a comeback. He dominated that game. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. Which is, yeah, remember, see, anyway, remember I, was, last I, knew year, I was talking about. Illinois played at Northwestern. I think the second half was like 53 to 11 or something. Oh, like, yes. Completely insane. Yeah. There's, there's a throwback for you. All right. Let's move on. Pat, good luck on your, on your lock there with Purdue. Uh, Miami, Florida, headed to Louisville. Man, it kind of feels like Louisville is is circling the drain, kind of one of the, the teams that may have quit. Uh, it's just, it's bleak for them right now. They're under the interim coach. Personnel seem like sometimes they care, sometimes they don't. Usually they don't when it's Malik Williams, Kai. Saw him loafing around last game. Miami, Florida, meanwhile, has a lot to play for. They're definitely in the at-large picture. What do you think? Do, do the Canes get a big road victory? I, I definitely lean towards the Canes here. I think Louisville's broken. Um, they did cover against Notre Dame. But in that game, so Noloshevsky from Notre Dame, that game, Malik Williams, who's apparently out of the doghouse, played six minutes. And if you watch that game, he was clearly in the doghouse still and super lethargic. Like he is horrible. He looked oh, yeah, like he, he was didn't a disaster. Care. Doesn't care. Also, Samuel Williams didn't play. Coach's decision. He wasn't hurt or anything. Big East just said, yep, coach's decision didn't play him. Uh, there's something going on in the locker room. Clearly, they don't like each other very much right now. The team is in disarray. And Miami has something to play for, Jim. Like you said, off that road win at Wake, I need to take care of business here. Yeah, this feels like a classic weave gets cute and takes Louisville. Like, nope, right. not today. <laughs> Miami Florida is better, more to play for. I was I was tempted. I was tempted. Of course you were. Of course you were. Matt, do you have any thoughts on this game? Um, I don't, no. I think this actually, for someone who's been stubbornly on Louisville's in their corner all season, I thought this was too short. So I think they should be catching a few more at home, given the way they're playing, the way they're trending, and what Miami has to play for. I was on the Canes over the weekend. They had a pretty impressive effort at Wake. and can maybe make a case that like they're a little bit feeling fat and happy. Yeah, that's a reach, in my opinion. So, um, Jim, I'll be honest, distracted by the big news on the wire. Tubby Smith is stepping down. His, um, his son will be taking over. So High Point will have a new head honcho when they play Longwood tomorrow. It should be a pretty, uh, well, I'm sure we'll discuss it. rematch, right? Quick. Turnaround. Yeah. They just played yesterday, lost yeah. by four at Longwood. Now they get him back at home. Yeah. We'll see, we'll see if they rally around that. All right. Next game on the outline guys, number one slash number two team in the country, depending on how you feel about it. Auburn hosting Vanderbilt, man, Matt, this one was pretty simple for me. Honestly, I'm not getting in the way of 12 and one against the spread at home. Auburn, they have been demolishing teams, even though I like the trajectory that Vanderbilt is on. Liam Robbins isn't fully healthy yet. So I, I, I just have to lean Auburn here. I, I think the Tigers have been blowing teams out and they continue to do so. Yeah. Early money smashed this down. I think it opened Auburn minus 15. It's sitting at uh, Auburn minus 13 and a half at most places right now. I, I've been at Auburn. I'm sorry. A, a Vanderbilt backer at the last four or five games, Kai, since Chapman's been back and look fully healthy. And then you just have additional bonus upside in Robbins. If he plays and if he's effective, I don't think his, his uh, impact is not baked into their line, their numbers right now. Um, but Jim's right. Auburn at home. You don't need to get in the way of that steam. They just put the hurt on Texas A&M. They've been doing it all season to good teams. So could certainly see a repeat of that today. Uh, yeah. Vandy's trending up four straight covers after four non covers. Rodney Chapman back in lineup has clearly been huge. 15 points per game last three. Robbins hasn't been a factor quite yet. Still kind of getting back into it. But man, Auburn at home guys, 12 and one against the spread five point cover margin. It's a scary team. They have not been great on the road from an ATS perspective, but at home, they are bouncing teams. That worries me. Yes. As much as I like Vanderbilt's uh, uh, revival here, I'm not sure I can fade home Auburn, Jim. Yep. That's exactly it. I I just, I don't want to get in the way of that. I'm not trying to get cute here. 
they've just been incredible at home. They're one of those teams that clearly has like, I, I, I think I wrote a symbiotic relationship with their, with their crowd, uh, Katie Johnson and Wendell green and, and all those guys feed off at Devin Cambridge just clearly feeds off of the energy the crowd gets them and they can put 10 0 on you in, in a hurry because of the way they're, they're, they're lethal in transition. So I, I think Kessler dominates the paint lean towards Auburn there. All right. Last one on the outline before we get back to the chat mob, St. John's headed to Xavier. Xavier is currently going through their little late season swoon. Uh, St. John's desperate here. They are pretty much almost dead in terms of a at-large case. But if they're going to start building any any sort of momentum heading into the Big East tournament, this is an opportunity. They might get Pasha Alexander back. Matt, what are you looking at with these two Big East teams? Uh, I mean, I guess we can fully declare St. John's healthy, right? I know I've been overly nitpicking the injury concerns. But, I mean, obviously how important Posh and Champagne are to those uh, to that team. It certainly matters. I think the price is pretty sharp, Jim, plan and simple. Uh, open date, I think it's hanging right around minus eight right now. Um, Xavier at home, we are still fearful of, but no longer completely intimidated by. Right? They've lost two conference games at home after covering at home by an average of some insane margin for the first two months of the season. Um, so, yeah, a little tug of war in my matchup spot price uh, compartments of handicapping. So stay away from me, Kai. Uh, Posh Alexander, question mark. But without him, guys, a push and a cover. Pretty impressive. They, they've played well without him. Almost beat UConn the last game without him. Steph, Steph Smith has stepped up. He's a veteran player from Vermont, has talent. Uh, Montez Mathis has stepped up. He's a veteran player. Adai Wusu has been pretty good. He, he's talented. There's two other question marks in this game. Aaron Wheeler and Nate Johnson. Both banged up for either team here. I think Nate Johnson's more important. Um, best shooter on Xavier. Very good defender. And it's also worth talking about St. John's road performances this year. Three outright Big East wins. Nearly beat UConn, went to overtime. Almost beat Matt's Indiana Hoosiers at Assembly Hall, which is looking immense right now, I guess, besides the Wisconsin loss the other day. And Xavier at home is dwindling. They lost to DePaul, all teams at home. So I actually think St. John's uh, is a solid bet here at eight. Uh, I'm not super confident, Jim, but that's the way I lean. Yeah, I lean that way as well. I think if Nate Johnson's out, that's big. He's kind of the king of every time I watch him play, he never misses a shot. So if I watch this and he's not playing, then I mean, I don't know how Xavier makes a shot. They got to have him on the floor. Um, Posh matters, getting him back. I mean, Kyle, you mentioned the push against Villanova. They were down by 20 in that game and had one of the most insane final three and a half minutes I've ever seen to, to get it close. Uh, but I'm still leaning St. John's. I think they'll be feisty as a dog here and, and won't get run off the floor. Alrighty, back to chat mob. Let's get into some questions here. Kai, you tell us what we've got and we'll give our opinions. We got a bunch. I'll start with LSU, Georgia. Uh, a lot of points. A lot of points. Georgia. Jim. Oh, Matt, you have an opinion? Have an opinion? Yeah. No, go, I go, was just going to sing. I just wanted to sing. No, Jim has Six, an 16 points feels like maybe a lot, but we, we know LSU has a, a different gear. You can get two, and Georgia does not. Yeah, LSU can put some real runs on teams. Georgia doesn't have the best ball handling situation. If you can't handle the ball against LSU, then you could be in trouble. Schedule's easing up a bit for LSU, especially now that they're healthy to get Pinson back. Uh, he's been actually contributing. So I, I have nothing here. I don't want to lay that many points in a league game, but I, I don't have the stomach for Georgia. How about North Alabama, Matt? Plus six at Eastern Kentucky. Our Lions, huh? Um, I kind of like the O-ring. There's a lot of points in this game. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, uh, wait, what? I forgot. I forgot you're you the mascot. Were? No, you're right. You're correct. Yeah. 
Tony Puyo <laughs> and the, the Lions down there. Yeah. yeah, no, I think it's a lot of points in this game. I think it gets a little bit up and down. I think just historically these have been faster-paced games. Let me confirm that, though. I believe just going off the off the dome here. Like over. EKU is a pretty good bet to be um, going fast-paced, I think, last couple of years. Uh, oh, yeah, Jim. sorry. Full first meeting this year played to 80 possessions. So, ha, great, great take, Matt. Phenomenal nice. take. I like Way to use your noggin. Jim, George Mason, minus two at St. Joe's. Some of the chat asked if St. Joe's is worth backing today. I kind of lean towards St. Joe's there. I, 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 don't, I don't love trusting Mr. Billy Lang, but uh, I think they can fight inside. They actually have some size to battle Oduro. And Jordan Hall is kind of a, a matchup problem there, unless Schwartz is, is really locking him down. So I kind of like the Joes at home. They couldn't stop him the first matchup. I watched that wire to wire. So that angle should still hold. Matthew, Pittsburgh is going to your arch rival, North Carolina. And the spread is 13 and a half. What do you think? Um, my first gut was I actually like Pitt, but then I'm like, no, I don't need to bet Pitt right now. I just, I know they've it's been exactly how I felt. Kind of like, nah, I'll move on. Although you look at North Carolina's games, just the schedule outside of Duke, Downey soft. I know you can say it about a lot of ACC teams, but um, I don't know. I guess I'm just trying to, I'm struggling with how to appraise UNC as we go down the stretch here. But yeah, stay well, away from it, me in this it's, game. It's still Downey soft with Pitt, although with Horton back, they at least have another offensive. They have option, a shooter. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not enough to back there. Uh, a game that's not on the outline. Jim, Georgetown at Marquette. Minus 13, but Georgetown sucks. This shouldn't be on the outline. Georgetown's pathetic. They don't, they don't <laughs> yeah, warrant being on the outline. Uh, it, yeah, they're over in the Big East so far. Uh, normally, Kai, I'd be a little worried about a young team, Marquette, being complacent because they've already beaten this team by 28, but they've lost three of four. They've lost two in a row. This feels like a nice get-right-at-home spot. It is a pretty big number for Marquette to be laying. Don't love them as much as a favorite, but I still think they can cover that against Georgetown, who is bad, bad. Yeah, hey, here's just real quick. I know people are annoyed with me taking big underdogs. Um, since January 15th, and this the data is through Saturday, so I don't have the last three days in here. Um, large home favorites are 28 and 46 against the spread. That's not very good. So you, betting large what's underdogs. Considered large, Matt? What's considered large? 15 points or more. So Marquette does not qualify. Correct. Not qualify, right. But even just home favorites in general have not been much better. So I, I'll move that dial to get an approximate or a more precise measure. But betting large dogs in conference is a good thing. So I'm sorry it's been a losing proposition, but it's usually pretty good. All right, Matt. Campbell and Radford. Ed asks, and a couple of people seem to like Campbell here in the chat. They're minus four on the road against Radford, a team I admittedly have no feel for the Highlanders this year. Uh, yeah, I don't either. Um, ugly, slow, methodical, and this game could be really ugly. I see 124 as a total. My gut tells me that's even too high because uh, Campbell can surely handshake, agree into a slog themselves, uh, especially if they're not making shots. That can be an ugly one. So I'd lean under if anything. Jim, how about Bellerman on the road at Central Arkansas? Minus seven for the Knights. I like the over. I think this game is a shootout. Neither team can really stop each other. Bellerman plays a little slower, but Central Arkansas has successfully sped up a lot of teams at home, and they're not going to guard anything in that Bellerman complex offense. So no, no really on side, but I like the over. Matthew, Dixie State, mm-hmm. New Mexico State. Dixie State off the Grand Canyon win we just talked about. Mexico State, clearly the better team. And they're priced like that, 16-point spread. I think the Aggies smoked them, um, but Dixie State has has eluded me all season. So I think at some point I may have to come to grips that I might just be stubborn, and they're probably better than I thought. I, I still think the line's a little too short, though. From 3MW Top 10 Fan, which we vetted him, it's true. He is. Jim, Moorhead State, Tennessee Martin. Martin has not been great lately. 
if you've noticed. Minus nine. No, no. Uh, Moorhead, one of those like actual good teams in the OVC, we usually like to back them against the bad team. So that would be Moorhead or nothing for me. If, if they're engaged defensively, UT Martin can't score. Matt, quickly a whack battle here. Actually, a couple of whack battles. One for you, one for, one for Jim. Sure. Seattle. Seattle is going to Rio Grande Valley, one of your favorite teams in the entire country. Seattle's minus six and a half. Lean Seattle, but I think the number's pretty sharp and general don't like fading uh, the home teams in the WAC, just a conference that has a pretty strong home court. UT Rio, Rio Grande Valley getting healthier, though still not fully healthy. Um, I don't know, but, but tug of war on both ends here. It's kind of struggling with, with where to land. And Jim, you get Stephen F. Austin. And I need to check. I forgot who they're playing. They're yeah, Chicago State. My gosh, how could I forget the freaking Oh, this Cougars? is a relatively quick turnaround rematch as yeah. well. They, they played fairly recently. Um, and it just seems like Chicago State should get crushed by some of these teams, especially SFA in the paint with Kensmill. But they've held up fairly well, and they lost by 20 at home. So that's, that's shaky. But uh, with it being a bigger number, I would probably lean towards Chicago State. Just kind of the, like, the complacency factor I mentioned with Marquette. I think SFA could have that. Like, we already killed these guys, whatever. Yep, agreed. Matt, ACC, Boston College, Notre Dame, nine-point spread. The Irish are looking for the NCAA tournament. Yes, they are. Um, I think the price is about right. I believe Notre Dame um, got destroyed by Boston College. That's right, yeah, first game of the year, like way back in uh, December. So just a potential revenge angle at play there. But no play for me. Again, I think the number is pretty sharp. Uh, and then last one here, Loyola at Valpo. I was at this first game in Chicago, and I'll tell you what, yeah. Valpo played them tough. It was impressive. I'm not sure they repeat that performance. Uh, Kithier is back in the lineup. I don't know. Maybe there's a revenge fact. Ten points might be a lot. Now, I, now I'm reconsidering that and rolling that in my head. Matt, I bet you like Valpo plus ten. I did lean Valpo. Yep. Unfortunately, I wasn't overly impressed with Kithier and his return. He didn't look like he was his old self. And I, I come to appreciate how much he means to this team. They run some offense through him, um, and I think his importance is amplified without uh, without Anderson, the point guard who's now done for the year. So, um, yep. if you're betting on Valpo, wow. you're yeah, he's been out for what a, a few weeks. But I think now that he's back, he's a Potential key catalyst for them proving. Valpo's yeah, had a bunch of overs lately, but a lot of overtime in there. Yeah, that's part of it. I don't know. Valpo knows they can hang with them. They really did hang with them. Maybe, maybe I'm leaning towards Valpo there. Uh, okay, that does it for the chat mob, Jim. I don't know if we've we've revealed our best bets besides Matthew. So I guess nope. I can start yep. if you don't mind. Yeah, lead us off, please do. Well, I saw someone talk about the over in this game, so I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm going with Furman Western Carolina under no. under 142 here. Four straight unders for Western Carolina, nine and two to the under in the last 11. No Vontarius Woolbright has been a huge factor recently in those unders. Uh, one of their best guards, one of the best scorers. They have the worst offense in the SOCON. It's not even close. And Furman has the best defense. They're not going to score many points in this game. Didn't score many in the first matchup. And how about this for a stat? Furman hit 21 threes in the first game, and it still flew under the point total here. That's how bad West Carolina is at offense. So I think the pace is going to be low. 68 possessions that first game, and the efficiency is going to be low for Western Carolina. Best bet is under 142. Love it, Kai. Yeah, they've been playing much slower without Wilbright. Like that, yeah. that is a clear divide for them. Matt, reiterate your best bet. Baylor taking the Bears from Waco on the road in Lubbock. I think they get it done. Plus two. Love it. I've got two off the extra board for my best bets. 
Starting with Jacksonville minus two. So this is the, the side of my two best bets. The Dolphins have been awesome lately. They've covered, I think, six in a row. Uh, awesome, awesome defensive team. And Stetson is lacking weapons with Rob Perry out for the season forward. Josh Smith has also uh, missed a couple games recently. So I think Jacksonville basically just needing to win, can get that road victory only laying two. And then a total, UMass Lowell and NJIT, the under both teams better defensively than they are offensively. They've been playing a little slower lately. The main concern here is that James Lee, arguably the best defender in this entire game for NJIT, missed last one, likely out again tonight. I'm okay with that, though. I think the pace is so slow and both teams lacking offensive firepower. Under 131.5 for NJIT and UMass Lowell. That's it. Love All right, it. boys. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you for the very active chat mob we love that every single day having you guys hanging out with us uh again hit the like button on your way out we definitely appreciate it don't make a ton of money off it but hey we like it uh subscribe as well uh thank you to bet rivers thank you to fetal 68 and of course thank you to greg our producer behind the scenes he is lurking there we'll see you all again tomorrow same time for our thursday show good luck tonight